Pot's Captivity Long ago, when I was six months old, I used to gamble in front of all the rest. As a youngster does, out of sheer spirits I would run far ahead, then wait for the herd. Now we deer have two gates, called the jump up and the straight away. Of these I knew the straight away but not the jump up. While amusing myself one day, I lost touch with the herd. At this, I was dreadfully worried, gazed about the horizon to learn where they might be and discovered them ahead. Now they had avoided a snare by means of the jump up. They stood in the body ahead of me and waited, all looking at me. But I, ignorant of the jump up, was caught in the hunter's snare. While I was trying to drag it toward the herd, the hunter bound all my limbs and I fell to the ground, head foremost, and the herd of deer vanished, seeing no hope of saving me. When the hunter came up, he did not put me to death, for pity softened his hurt at the thought. He is a fawn, fit only for a pet. Instead, he carefully took me home, gave me plaything to a prince, who showed his delight at seeing me by giving the hunter a generous reward. The prince treated me kindly, providing ointments, massage, baths, food, perfumes, and salves, while my meals were appropriate and palatable. But as I was passed out from hand to hand by the curious women and the princes at court, I was seriously inconvenienced by petting and scratching. We did not spare neck, eye, front hoof, hind hoof, or ear. Finally, one day, in the rainy season, as the prince reclined on a couch, I observed the lightning, listened to the thunder, and my heart wistful for my fondly remembered herd, I recited, when shall I follow on the herd of coursing deer again? When brace myself against the wind that whistles by? Ah, when? Who said that? cried the prince and looked about him terrified. When he saw me, he thought, no man said it but a deer? It's a prodigy. I'm undone. And like when possessed by a devil, he tottered from the house, his garments in disarray, Thinking himself ridden by a demon, he tempted the sorcerers and magicians with a great reward, saying, If any free me from this torment, I will pay him no small honor. Meanwhile, over-hasty individuals were striking me with sticks and bricks and cudgels, but further life being predestined, I was rescued by a certain holy man who said, why kill the poor beast? Furthermore, he penetrated the cause of my malady and respectfully said to the prince, Dear sir, in the rainy season he wistfully remembered his native herd and therefore recited, When shall I follow on the herd of coursing deer again? When brace myself against the wind that whistles by? Ah, when? On hearing this, the prince was cured of his feverish malady, returned to his normal state and said to his men, douse the poor deer's head in plenty of water and set him free in the forest he came from. And they did so. Thus having suffered a previous captivity, I am caught again through constraining destiny. 
At this moment, Slow joined them, for his heart was full of love for his friend that he had followed, leaving grass, shrubs, and spear grass crushed behind him. At the sight of him, they were more distressed than ever, and Gold became their spokesman. My dear fellow, said he, you have done wrong in leaving your fortress to come here, since you are not able to save yourself from Hunter, while on us he cannot lay hands. For when the bonds are cut and the hunter stands near, Spot will bound away and disappear. Swift will fly into a tree, while I, being a little fellow, will find some chink to slide into. But what will you do when within his reach? To this low listened. But he said, Oh, do not blame me, you of all people, for the loss of love and loss of wealth who could endure but for restoratives of health in friendship sure. And again, the days when meetings do not fail with wise and good are lovely clearings on the trail. Through life's wild wood, the heart finds rest in telling things when troubles toss to honest wife or friends who clings or kindly boss. Ah, my dear fellow, the wistful glances wander, the wits bewildered ponder, in good men separated whose love is unabated. And more than that, better lose your life than friends. Life returns when this life ends, not the sympathy that blends. At this moment the hunter arrived, bow and arrow in his hand. Under his very eyes gold cut the bonds and slipped into the before-mentioned chink. Swift flew into the air and was gone. Spot darted away. Now when the hunter saw the deer's bonds has been cut, he was filled with amazement and said, Under no circumstances do deer cut their own bonds. It was through fate that deer has done it. Then he spied a turtle on a most improbable terrain and with mixed signals he said, even if the deer, with fate's help, cut his bones and escaped, still I have got this turtle. As the saying goes, nothing comes of all that walks, all that flies to heaven, all that courses over the earth, if it be not given. After this meditation, the hunter cut spear grass with his knife, wove a stout rope, tied the turtle's feet tightly together fastened the rope to his boat tip and started home. But when Gold saw his friend borne away, he sorrowfully said, Ah me, ah me, no sooner sorrow's ocean soar, I reach in safety, than once more. A, bit, a bitter sorrow is my lot, misfortunes crowd the weakest spot. Fresh blows are dreadful on a wound, food fails and hunger pangs abound. Woes come, old enmities grow hot, misfortunes crowd the weakest spot. One walks at ease on level ground till one begins to stumble. Let stumbling start and every step is apt to bring a tumble. And besides, it is hard to find a life, a friend, a bow, a wife, strong, supple to endure in stock and sinew pure. In a time of danger, sure, false friends are common, yes, but where true nature links a friendly pair, the blessing is as rich as rare. To bitter ends you trust true friends, not wife, nor mother, not son, nor brother, 
no long experience alloys true friendships sweet and supple joys no evil man can steal the treasure it is death death only sets a measure ah what is this fate that smites me ceaselessly first came the loss of property then humiliations from my own people the result of poverty because of gloom threat exile and now fate prepares for me the loss of a friend as the proverb says in truth i do not give though riches flee some lucky chance will bring them back to me it is that hurts me lacking riches stay the best of friends relax and fall away and again fate's artful linkage since my birth of evil deeds and deeds of worth pursues me on this present earth till states of mind that play and sway and change and range from day to day seem lives that strive and pass away ah there is only too much wisdom in this the body born is near its tomb and riches are the source of gloom all meetings end in partings yes the world is all one brittleness ah me ah me the loss of my friend is death to me what care i even for my own people as the saying goes a foe of woe and pain and fear a cup of trust and feelings dear a pearl who made it who could blend six letters in the name of friend oh friendly meetings oh joy to which the righteous cling machine that answers love's soul string pure happiness in every breath cut short by one stone exile death and once again pleasant riches friendships course in familiar ruts enmities of men of sense death abruptly cuts and one last word if birth and death did not exist nor age nor fear of loved one missed if all were not so quick to perish whose life were not a thing to cherish when the gold recited his grief-stricken sentences pot and swift joined him and united their lamentations with his and gold said to them so long as our dear slow is within sight so long we have a chance to save him leave us spot you must slip past the hunter unobserved drop to earth somewhere near water pretend to be dead swift you must spread your claws in the cage work of spot's horn and pretend to peck out his eyes then the dreadful beast of a hunter in the greedy belief that he has found a dead deer then will certainly wish to seize him will throw the turtle on the ground and hurry up when his back is turned i for my part will in a mirror twinkling set slow free to seek refuge in the water nearby his natural fortress i myself will slide into a grass clump you therefore must plan a second escape when the beast of a hunter is upon you so they put this plan into practice now when the hunter saw deer as good as dead beside the water and noticed that a crow was pecking at him he joyfully threw the turtle on the ground and ran for a club as soon as spot 
could tell from the tramp of feet that the hunter was close upon him. With a supreme burst of speed, he swept into a dense forest. Swift flew into a tree. The turtle, his fettering cord cut by gold, scrambled to the shelter in the water. Gold slipped into a grass clump. To the hunter, it seemed a conjurer's trick. What does it mean? He cried in disappointment. Then he returned to the spot where he had left the turtle and saw the cord cut in hundred pieces, no longer than a finger's breadth. Then he perceived that the turtle had vanished like a magician and anticipated danger for his own person. With troubled heart, he made all speed out of the wood for home, casting anxious glances at the horizon. Meanwhile, the four friends, free of all injury, came together, expressed their mutual affection, took a new lease on life and lived happily. And so, if beasts enjoy so great a prize of friendship, why should wonder rise in men who are so very wise? Here ends book two called The Winning of Friends. The first verse runs, That deer and turtle, mouse and crow, had first-rate sense and learning. So, though money failed and means were few, they quickly put their purpose through.